when I went into service, I was a young man who was was lived in a Christian home and, and lived in a very good background at home and was taught very well and considered myself a very mannered and a good good fellow. Uh, but when I got exposed to all the atmosphere that I did in, in Vietnam, it changed my personality. Welcome, my friends, to The Storyteller, where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. Today we'll hear from a Vietnam vet from the Lumbee tribe of North Carolina as he shares about where the road of rebellion took him and how God turned him around. I'm Jimmy D. Hammond from Lumberton, North Carolina, and I'm a Lumbee Indian. Today I would like to talk about my, my testimony. Um, I was a young man raised in rural community out of Lumberton. My dad was a school teacher and my mother was a homemaker. And up until I was 18 years old, I lived a very controlled life, high school. Uh, my dad was assistant principal of the local high school where I went to school. My mother stayed home every day. When I got off of the bus at home, mother was there every day. Uh, started to college at not, uh, 18 and a half and was tired of going to school immediately and decided I would join the United States Army. I wanted to... uh leave North Carolina. I wanted to travel and get away from my parents. I wanted to get away from a controlled environment, and I wanted to make my own choices and do what I wanted to do. And I joined the United States Army. That was the avenue uh, for me to get away from home. Fort Bragg was only 30 miles away. I joined the Army. I went through basic training, and in five and a half months, I landed in Vietnam. When I landed the first day, the temperature was 115 degrees. And I had a field jacket on until 1.30 that afternoon, a thick coat, because I was so afraid and scared that I couldn't even take my jacket off. Uh, when they took us to our unit that afternoon, which was up in Fubai, and when you're different locations of, of a war zone, everybody's in that war zone, but people are in different positions. My job was convoy escort. We took supplies from the major base to the far bases out in the field. And uh, when I realized where I was at, I was on the back of a Jeep with an M60 machine gun, protecting and transporting up and down Highway 1. Uh, complete different atmosphere because you're getting shot at every day. You have landmines in the road almost every day. All types of possibilities of, of life-threatening situations. When you're, when you're going down a, a highway and uh, you have 50 trucks and maybe – uh, one of the lead vehicles, uh, has hit some mine and blowed up. Then it makes everybody have to stop because you've got to get the debris and get the road cleared, get the bomb squad out before you can go any farther. And it put us in an ambush position. We, we knew that that was the potential of what they would do is put this stuff in front of you as so that it would slow everybody down. And then we received sniper fire from the side of the mountains, which lasted about two hours. So we got air support to come in and to shut it down. Living in Vietnam was uh, a nightmare no matter where you were at. Uh, at night, uh, 122 rockets could come in from any place where you were at. Uh, you always had uh, information that there were going to be sappers coming through the wires at any night. The most testifying facts that I, I mentioned was when we'd go out to these small LZs and take supplies, and then sometimes we'd get have to stay in and spend the night there on the green line, and it would always be in a, in a dangerous situation. I had a, a, 
a different perspective about dying because I felt like that there were some old ladies at my home church were praying for me. I never thought about dying when I was in Vietnam, even though death was around me. I didn't trust in Jesus because I didn't know any better, but I trusted in the saints of God to pray for me. I, I should have been uh, raised in a Christian home. I should have been able to trust in the Lord and look to him. But I knew my lifestyle was not cooperating with that program. I knew better than that. When I went into service, I was a young man who was who was lived in a Christian home and lived in a very good background at home and was taught very well and considered myself a very mannered and a good good fellow. Uh, but when I got exposed to all the atmosphere that I did in, in Vietnam, it changed my personality. Uh, not a violent person, but very emotional. and. Uh, when I got out of service in 71, I started to college and, and majored in psychology, trying to find myself and find out the problems that I had dealt with and searching avenues of uh, correcting my behavior. College life at 21 and 22 is not like 17 and 18. Uh, you're the big man on campus and you're, you're a veteran and, and everybody wants you to be a part of everything you're doing. And everybody looks to you to help them with everything that comes up. And it puts yourself in a very bad situation when trouble arises. You seem to be to always be the one that trouble would come to. Um, got married in 74 and started a family and life was, was good working and, and, and enjoying life as it was and began a drinking, had a drinking problem since I got out of service, added on to an addiction problem of, of cocaine because I, it seems that I couldn't get the nightmare of of Saigon and Chulai, Penang out of my mind. As time progressed and the older I got, it seems that it, uh, triggered other avenues of, of, of lifestyle. In other words, I always worked and kept a good job and, and fed my family, but I loved to have a good time. I had a, a disposition as to where I didn't really bother many people, but I didn't want nobody bothering me. And, uh, getting involved with society, I had a problem with, at a, at a JC function, I was the president of the JCs exactly, and some guys come in and tried to rob the place and take over, and I got involved with a, a, a shootout at that time, ended up going to prison for two years. So then one day I, I catch myself at home in the early 80s, 84, 85, and I'm sitting around and I'm a Vietnam veteran, I'm a ex-convict from prison, and I'm working every day trying to prepare for my family and raise four children and a wife. And I got very depressed. I was depressed because I felt like I was on a, a dead-end road. I didn't have no direction to go and no future. Jobs were hard to find, and and the unemployment rate was high. And it seemed like depression shed in. And I even had uh, thoughts of, of taking my own life at, at different times because I felt like that I couldn't go on. I went that way about four years. And then... One night, one Thursday night, my wife kept wanting me to go to church. They were having revival. And I felt like I would go. I would make my wife happy and I'd make my mother happy too. And so if you make two women happy at one time, it's a good thing. So I decided I would go that night. And I went in small church and preacher preached. He talked about worshiping idol gods. And I felt like that I was involved with worshiping idol gods, my job, my car, and, and situations of life. And, and not looking to Jesus Christ. And that night, 
It dawned on me that I needed to change my life. But the most effective part of that night was I had a friend of mine who I was raised up with, a child at that very church we played with his children in the yard. This was on a Thursday night, and I saw him Tuesday at a place where we drank at in the afternoon, and he come by. He looked at me, and I waved at him, and he acknowledged seeing me, and I waved at him. Because no, I weren't trying to hide what I was doing. It was open. But that night, he come out of church, and he looked at me, and he said, if you keep hanging with your same friends, you're going to hell. That was the first time with all I'd been through that I realized that I was on my way to hell. And it was because he brought it to my attention. I feel like up in the den, I put all my insurance on my saints praying for me, my mother and daddy praying for me, and my grandparents praying for me. But that, that night when he looked at me and said, if you keep hanging with your same friends, you're going to hell. It broke that seal, that evil bind that had my heart. It broke it. And I realized then, I'm on my way to hell. And that was a very hurting situation for me. People told me later I got under conviction that night, but the next morning I called upon the Lord to save me. I was sick and tired of of drinking. I was 39 years old, and I was a, seemed like in a dead end part of my life, and I just couldn't continue on. But I knew I needed some help. And I called on the one who hung the moon and set the stars, and, and Jesus Christ came into my life at 9:15 on Friday morning, April the 14th, 1989, and changed my life. I I came home that afternoon. My wife came home that afternoon. I told her that I met Jesus that day. She was so excited and happy, but she was still skeptical and wanted to watch me for just a little while. But as time rolled by, weeks went by, and she realized that I was on the right track with the Lord. He came, and he changed my life. He took the nightmares away. No longer was, was I depressed, but like I, was, I had something to look forward to. I had a home in glory. I was on my way to be with the Lord when this life was over. But I felt like when he when he touched me, I had a calling to go into the ministry, and I started witnessing the people, letting people know the goodness of the Lord. A year and a half later, I turned it over to him, and I became a preacher, and I started evangelizing. 1996, I became the pastor of that very little church that I went to on that Thursday night, and Jesus saved me, and I've been pastoring there for 15 years. What a joy it is to understand that that Jesus Christ can take a broken down veteran who's broken, life is beat and battered, and can change your life and make it possible that you can be able to go and witness and tell people the goodness of the Lord. A lot of people fail to realize why Jesus died on the cross. Most people are, are looking and say, I don't know why he would do it for me. Well, they've never read John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God looked down one day and he saw this world was in such a state that only he could come down as his son Jesus and die on an old rugged cross. I had a sin debt that my grandmother couldn't pay, my daddy couldn't pay, my mother couldn't pay. If they could, they would have. But Jesus come and died on an old rugged cross and my sin debt could be paid. He's my redeemer. And I, the gospel story just lets us know that the little baby was born in a manger where he could raise up and die on an old rugged cross that I could be forgiven. He set me free. I was in bondage of 
of, of my own self, of wanting to do what I wanted to do, trying to make up for lost time, trying to, to make up for circumstances that I could no longer control. But yet when I called on him, I was just sick and tired of the way my life was going. I knew I needed to change. And when I fell upon my knees and I said, Jesus, I want you to forgive me of my sins, I knew I should have been serving the Lord. I knew I, I knew about him from a child, but yet I chose to follow myself. But at that moment when I called on him, he touched me in such a way that it felt like you took 300 pounds off my shoulders. The, the main thing that people fail to realize is two things. One is, all you have to do is ask him, and he will. And number two is, he'll keep you when he takes you. He won't leave you on your own. It's just so wonderful to know that when he moves in and takes control of your life, he'll guide you and lead you in the right direction. My friend, have you been set free? Or are you still in bondage to sin and the shame that it brings? That's a heavy load to carry and a dreadful place to be. But it doesn't have to be that way. Jesus died, was buried, and rose again so that you could be delivered from condemnation and have peace with God forever. He took the penalty we deserved so that we could be set free. Do you want to be set free? Will you humble yourself before your Creator and put your trust in Jesus Christ? Listen to what Jesus says in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 34. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free... You shall be free indeed. If you'd like to know more, you can write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. That's P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. Our phone number is 877-766-4648. We're also online at withoutreservation.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. My friends, there are more amazing stories to tell, so be sure to join us again next time as we listen to The Storyteller.